find your weed, everyone. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Oh, that's the oh wrong camera. Wrong camera. <laughs> that's how we're going to do the show we're all day. So how about that? We're so professional. Look, we're getting there. <laughs> that's where I had my weed, inside that block of wood. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Let everybody... Ooh, I got an update. Everybody's walking in the door. Grab cookies on your way in. Mm-hmm. Coffee's to the left. Yay, new intro. Yeah. All right, let me get my notes. We'll get started here. By the way, it's uh, it's not Friday Live anymore. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And today we've got a bunch of woodworking stuff to talk about. We've got a few things to show you. Um, I've and got a, a new finish to talk about. We um, have a studio audience. Oh, we it's do. not just Jason today. Yeah. It's my mom. Yay. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, Ruth. <laughs> so I'm going to be on my best behavior today. Millie is also here. Don't forget Millie. Hey, I get asked a lot if I have a sister, but I, I do have a single mom. Yeah, you guys look a lot alike too. Actually, <laughs> mom's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> There's a lot of eligible bachelors in this crowd. You never know. A good, a good, capable, manly woodworker type who could fix things, do manly stuff. She can fix it too. Well, look, don't ruin the image I'm trying to create here. All right, all right. I don't know if y'all can handle Ruth. So since last week, we had a ton of new patrons. Yeah, it's been a little bit nuts. So we should probably say, uh, if you are a patron, thank you so much, a new patron, and you didn't see your uh, name on the screen, it just means we ran out of space. We can't fit it all. (laughs) So let me just thank the folks who we could fit. We're going to just do them in the order that they came in. Uh, Kyle Schaub, Don Brewer, or Burr, John Ulrich, uh, Jason Dollaride. Uh, Daniel Childs, Brian Benham, Michael Fouts, Jason Stoffel, Todd Tidwell, Ross. Yeah, just Ross. Uh, Ross. Greg, Greg Roberts. We were on a break. Dean Kay, Bear Creek Woodworking, Dustin Wade, John Zolch, Morgan Nelson, Pete Restall, and Ryan Kotz. I also feel that we're at the limit of what people are willing to sit through yes. in a single yes. show. Yes, 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 yes. So thank you so thank much. Thank you. And uh, if you want to help support the show, patreon.com slash woodwhisperer is where you go. Um, lots of new stuff to mm -hmm. see there Um, it's getting pretty crazy all the different rewards are there the after show is there as well and to get that after show all you have to do is be a two dollar or higher level supporter and um, if you are I'll put a link in the show towards the end of the show where you can find that it's it's a it's on the patreon page it's a post yeah so that's the only way you're gonna find it and we are doing an after show today we are after this show after the show okay so let's get to all this stuff we got some stuff little sneak preview for the after show is a book that's exciting I know it's exciting to me I loved it (laughs) okay you got a coin to show off oh I do so we just got these in to the the guild store Uh, every year John Funk and I work together to make a collectible coin of we pick Sometimes one, sometimes two. I even have a coin that has three projects on it. Sure. But those are the nesting tables and the outdoor bench. So every year I make a coin and yeah. I feel like fun. I'm doing a, like a QVC thing. It does feel a little QVC. Like when I just make it catch the light <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> and it's it's, like, a... it's from the Joan Rivers collection. <laughs> now you're making my mom laugh, which is a little easier than Jason. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, uh, these are yeah. available. So yeah, there'll be there's only a hundred of them, and when they're gone, they're gone. I won't be making any more. And uh, yeah, just a fun little collectible thing to. That's awesome. To commemorate your 
uh, projects in the guild That's for right. the year. And Cremona made yeah. the coin yeah. this year with his outdoor bench that he hasn't built yet. <laughs> well, he is building it. Yeah, currently. Yes. I haven't even thought about what I'm doing with those nesting so tables. Mark is going to be, well, you kind of already have a starting point. So Hold up. How do you say, i got to answer this question. How do you say Trenton if you are actually from Trenton? You say Trenton. Trent, Trenton. See, I say Trenton. You do not, you Trenton. do not do a hard T. Trenton. Trenton. <laughs> if you say it any other way, you're clearly not from there. Yeah, Trenton button. Yeah, I, I button. noticed these little. Uh, what are they? Accents. It's, well, I, I guess I'm it's sure a it's an accent. It's a Trenton accent. A Trentonian accent. Trentonian. Accent. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, so okay. yeah, I'm going to be grabbing questions from the YouTube chat. Mark already has uh, questions that he's going to be answering from Patreon. Sure, I do. And then we'll just, you know, we just kind of... Yeah, and also, uh, just a quick reminder, if you do want to send in a voicemail, you want to be the first person ah, to do a yes. voicemail on yes. this show, you could do that. Just record it with your little thingy and send it to twwmorningshow at gmail.com. We will be very excited. And we'll play that on the show. And before I get to the questions, yeah. I do want to mention one thing. Josh Doolittle, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the inventor of the QoS... <laughs> <laughs> has a lot of time on his hands. Yes. Um, but he's actually a, a really good guy, really smart guy. He decided he wanted to kind of catalog mm -hmm. um, answers to questions that have happened in the past. This all came about, do you remember who the original person was? Somebody in the chat room, I don't remember. But it's funny because I, we had jo Josh that went and uh, did that, but yeah. our uh, Matthew Boss house no bouse house bouse bouse house <laughs> sorry matthew uh he does our show notes too and he's like i kind of have a photographic memory i kind of i remember that stuff too yeah so so the idea is basically we've answered a lot of questions on this show and this is a way for you to kind of look at a spreadsheet and possibly find a topic and it takes you directly i don't know if it's not complete yet he's still working <laughs> yeah, on he's it still working but on we'll it. take you to the youtube video with the minute and second mark that answers that question. And I'm putting the bit.ly link because the the, <coughs> the, the Google link, spreadsheet the is Google spreadsheet a is huge link. Really long link and, mm -hmm. I, and sometimes uh, YouTube likes to cut that stuff off. Yeah. So I shorten it down to bit.ly. So bit.ly slash Friday Live ref. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yes, so, I called you. it Friday Live. It's okay. it's <coughs> thank you, Josh. <laughs> so thank you, Josh. <clears throat> that was really awesome. All right, so Araya Woodworks says, when rough cutting for length ripping to width, uh, and before dimensioning to final measurements, how much room do you leave yourself when rough cutting? This question is one that I know I answered within the oh, last yeah? six months, and that's why I thought of mentioning that thing, because yeah, it yeah. actually is a pretty good resource. Um, so it really depends on the project. A lot of times, how much extra I give it depends on how the wood is behaving. So if you're doing something like plywood, which isn't going to move very much after the cut, uh, I might give myself as little as an eighth of an inch over, and maybe in length I'm a little more generous, um, you know, maybe a half inch over. Uh, but when I'm working with solid wood, solid wood can kind of move and uh, it reacts as you cut it. So if it starts to misbehave, I may give myself a larger margin of error and give myself as much of a, as a half inch in width uh, and a full inch in length, just depending on how things go. Um, but if I make a few cuts and I go, yeah, this stuff is really stable, I don't want to waste the material, right? So I'm not going to give myself too much extra, somewhere between an eighth and a quarter in width. You know, length is usually a little bit more forgiving unless you're tight on materials, right? So um, typically, unless you see checking at the ends, you can get pretty darn close to your final uh, cut at that point. Thickness, that's just, uh, that's a little harder to describe. I mean, I generally, you know, as, as soon as I'm starting to mill to final thickness, I'm going right to final thickness. Um, there's only a few occasions where I might do something different than that. Uh, Foxhall Woodworks in the in chat just said, did Nicole get the creator level configured? Uh, yes, that is at the coin 
supporter level. It's uh, the yeah. We did that the, the day shout you, out. We did that the day you asked me about well, it. Well, no, I didn't do it. I did it the other day because I couldn't find the wording. Oh, really? And I, it was something. You just I, made a liar out of me. You did. <laughs> you made me look like a fool in front of all these people. So yeah, if you go underneath the <laughs> in front coin, of all my friends, Nicole, it's, it's the thirty-five dollar uh, level with the coin. So, so embarrassing. Isn't oh. All right. Uh, all right. I got plenty of other questions. You keep on. Keep it on. Okay, our good buddy Joe Clemmer. He Joe! says, when using plywood on a project, is your prep for finish any different? Examples, still raising the grain, do you sand to a finer grit, use pre-stained conditioner, thanks in advance. I usually don't do a whole lot different. I mean, plywood doesn't need as much work. So we might take something right out of the planer and then start sanding it with maybe 120 grit, maybe even 80 grit, depending on the machine marks, um, and then go up through the grits. Well, with plywood, you don't really need to do that. If the plywood is nice and clean and hasn't been mistreated, a lot of times you just hit it with your 180, 220. Um, that's all the surface prep you really need to do. If you have a reason to pre-raise the grain, go ahead, pre-raise it on plywood. I would do that same thing. Pre-raise the roof, Nicole. Uh, you know, as far as staining and conditioning, there are other concerns with plywood. If you're staining a plywood that's mixed with solid wood, you may have, you know, differences in the way those things accept the stain. So you may want to do some practice pieces and see how different it is, if it's something you could live with, and then possibly make adjustments based on that. But plywood veneer can blotch too, you know? So if it's like maple plywood, birch plywood, those things are gonna blotch like crazy. So any, any steps you would take to mitigate that in solid wood, you'd want to do it in plywood as well. Uh, Paul in the chat says, he, he says that uh, he never wants to ask a question because the fear has been asked before. No, that's not what we're saying. You well, can if still, you do that, yeah. we will never be able to do a show. Yeah. If everyone was like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, we have yeah. to ask these questions. It's okay, Paul. You and can if ask it's a question it. that's been asked before, if, you know, the fact that I answer them anyway shows you that we don't, we don't mind doing that. And yeah. we, we have this resource there now, uh, and all those old show, shows are there for people who want to get the answer before asking. Um, but I certainly don't mind repeat questions. No, not at all. Uh, I got a question here from the chat from Patty. Patty. Question about working with pink slash red spalted wood. Any idea? Uh, it, it is, it's it like red mold or dangerous to work with breathe uh, or would not be a good to use in a tea box. What's, what's a pink red spalt? Because spalting is mold, right? It's yeah. like a black mold or like something. A like a fungus. It's a fungus among us. I, uh, I didn't pay a lot of attention in microbiology class. Yeah. Wasn't my favorite. Yeah. So I don't really know. Oh, I mean, red. I've never, I've never seen pinks. Usually the spalting is like black, yeah. inky brown, right. black color. Um, and generally, you know, you may want to make sure you're wearing your dust mask around it and yeah. stuff like that. But and it's generally, it generally a, safe to work with. But she's using it in a tea box food. So I yeah. would. But at the same time, a lot of times, once you coat it with finish, yeah. it's not really going anywhere. The tea bags are in plastic. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 some there's some protection imparted by the finish. Um, so I don't know that I would really worry about it that much. But at the same time, I'm not qualified to tell you that that particular strain of fungus growing through that particular spalted mm -hmm. board is totally safe. Uh, it's not in it's not my area of expertise. Yeah, could you? Uh Look at your chat real quick and uh, highlight uh, Mike Deemer's super chat. Sure. <laughs> oh, you want to you want to replenish the Sharpie thank, supply? Thank you, Mike. Oh, uh, thank you very much, Mike. If you're not familiar, Mark uh, posted on Instagram. Uh, Ava got a hold of a Sharpie on his desk, and she didn't mark on his desk. She knows not to mark on furniture. Right. But she has a very heavy hand on paper. And a very big Sharpie. <laughs> and a very big Sharpie. And she knows how to use and it. And it bled through. 
onto the desk. So it was Ava. <laughs> and she's like, here's my little peoples. Yeah. And she has her little Sharpie people. And uh, But it was, it was interesting because then I took out my magic eraser and I got most of it off. And then you came through with, was it acetone? Uh, denatured alcohol. Yeah. And we got most of it off. The thing is, it's a it's a natural oil wax kind of finish, like an old school finish. And, and the segues into yeah, that segues <laughs> the wonderful. Into that. Um, but unfortunately, with that kind of finish, the Sharpie just kind of eats right through yeah. that wax layer. And it's not just on the surface. So all those things we usually do to remove Sharpie, uh, alcohol formulas and stuff like that, doesn't really work that well. I got most of it, but it actually is in the grain. It's a, it's a cherry top, so it's well aged. And if I were to spot sand or scrape something like that, um, that's going to be really problematic because it's going to expose fresh wood fibers and it's going to turn light and it would be even more of an eyesore. So what we did was cleaned it up mm -hmm. best we could. And then I could show you a little shout out to our friends over at Walrus Oil. Um, they sent me some furniture butter. Yeah. Uh, I actually ordered this. Yeah, I know. And they wrote me and said, sir, your money is no good here. <laughs> and I said, fine, I'll take it for free. And I actually got a can number one of 24. That's awesome. Uh, and I'm hoping was... so other people didn't also get one that says one, <laughs> 24. Make them feel bad. Or, or like, like Jay figured out that that could be the date. Oh, yes, that could be the date. <laughs> it could be the date. Uh, but yeah, this stuff is actually really good. This is a nice mix of uh, natural oils mm -hmm. and waxes. And that is what I have on this little sample board. Um, that kind of finish takes a while to cure. So if it's going to offer any sort of protection, you need to give it a good amount of time to cure up so that it is water repellent and things like that. So I will be playing with this and torturing this board to see what it does. And what was what was so special about this that you were like, it was the not, the something polymer well what? it's 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 zero voc okay it's also um vegan friendly which means non polymerized there are no vegans inside this can non polymerized uh polymerized oils i can't say it polymerized polymerized yeah and there's no mineral oil in this one so this is a, a, a oil that oh, will dry man. and cure and leaves a very very matte satiny and butter is actually a great word for it because this stuff is like just butter, buttery smooth. Yeah. Really nice. Al said that maybe try steaming out the Sharpie like you would a dent. No, no. if you steam it, I think it would you're going to raise the grain. Yeah. Now it's going to be rough. So you're inclined to do what? Sand it, right? So as soon as you sand it, now you have sanded away the patina from the aged finish and you're going to have light spots, which um, is what I wanted to avoid. Yeah. That might be a good thing to do if I was going to do the repair because I would have to sand minimally mm -hmm. to fix it. But I don't want to sand it if I can avoid it. If I sand it, I'm going to have to do the whole darn top and yeah. redo the whole thing. Brett wants to know, is that another option over Osmo? Is that something? This is not really the same okay. as Osmo. Yeah. It is another option. So if you're looking into those, you know, oil wax finishes, um, this is a little bit more, how do I, how do I say it? How do I say? How do, how, how do you say? How do you say? English is not my first language, Nicole. <laughs> you, you are technically Italian. <laughs> um, when you look at products like Osmo and Rubio, there's a little more going on there with the chemistry on what they're doing. Um, this is more of a simple finish. And I mean that in a good way, where you don't have to go, hey, it says no VOC, but I know there's other, you know, harmful chemicals in this, right? You know, it's, there's no question about what's in this. This is the kind of stuff that's just super safe. Um, 
but also may not offer quite as much protection as Osmo and Rubio. And I'm saying that with a question mark because I don't know. That's why I have this board curing because I'd like to see how it holds up. But if you're really starting like me to move into more natural finishes and you just don't want that many dangerous chemicals in your life, um, this is one of those finishes mm -hmm. that would, would do that. But we'll see how it uh, holds up to some of the other ones. Mm -hmm. I'm thirsty. Have a drink. I'll, I'll uh, read a question while you're taking a drink. This is from Jason Small. What are your thoughts on using glazing caulk to keep a piece of glass in a cabinet door? Is it better to just use retaining clips? Maybe both. Yeah. I mean, retaining clips are, are nice as a safeguard. Because they don't, don't they, doesn't it rattle? Yeah, the, well, if you caulk it, then it won't. Right. So, I mean, that's why it, you kind of get the best of both worlds if you do both. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea of having something to stop the rattle for sure, but yeah. I think retaining clips are probably a smart idea too. Okay. I'd, I'd do both. If one is good, both must be better. <laughs> okay, let me get a question here. Sure. Uh, okay, Mike Davies asked a question. I guess I, I forgot this one last week. Oh. Um, wondering if there's a ratio of how wide a board can be to take the guard off the jointer trick. Okay, so this is, um, if you have a board that's wider than your jointer and you want to flatten it, you could take the guard off and run part of the board off the jointer bed. So you're only jointing whatever the width of your jointer is. So if it's an eight inch jointer on a 12 inch piece, you would clean up an eight inch portion and essentially it creates a step, right? The part that you're not cutting sits down lower. So you can kind of do that, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> Um, so you basically end up with a partially flattened board. So then you take that flat portion, you take a piece of plywood, something nice and flat, shove it under the flat side, and you run that whole thing through the planer to clean up the other face. And then you flip it around. You're, you're talking a lot. <laughs> you flip it around. This is a hard thing to explain. I have a video on this uh, on the website if you want to see the technique. Anyway, he's asking, is there a limit to like at what point the overhang becomes too much so that when you put it through the planer you have problems? I just said a lot of words and went through a whole lot of stuff to tell you I don't know. I don't know what the ratio is. At a certain point, that overhang, you know, with no support underneath it, when you put that through the planer, that overhang will probably start to flex at a certain point because of the pressure rollers in the planer. What is that point? I don't know. Uh, on eight inches and leaving four inches overhanging, I'd be comfortable doing that. I think that would be okay. Um, but any more than that, I would start to get a little bit concerned. And this is just one of those things you might have to experiment with. I haven't done that technique too much, so I don't have that much experience with it. Lily's eating her foot. Lily. Uh, I got a super <laughs> chat here from, I, I never know how to say his name, so I'm just going to call him. Oh, the guy with all the, Ojak. the letters. Uh, old Jalk. Jalk. Uh -huh. What's your favorite wood to work with, and why did you move to Colorado? As a follow-up, how can I make anything ever if I don't have a festival? I love these questions. <laughs> he's being, he's being, I know, I do. being silly. I know he is. He I know him. I yes, see, I he's, see him. he's in the chat all the I time. I know this guy. <laughs> yeah. um, guy. <clears throat> hey, guy. You hey, guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, okay. Do I have, do you want me to actually answer this? Well, I, your favorite word. Want me to give fake answers to those? <laughs> yes, do a fake answer. <laughs> let's, let's mess with uh, whoever's watching. With Josh <laughs> and, and uh, his cataloging of my answers. What is your favorite wood to work with? Hmm. Pine. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see. Why'd you move to Colorado for the weed? And as a follow-up, how can I make anything if I don't have Festool? Uh, don't bother. Do something else. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Uh, his, I gave wrong, him his money's worth right there. All the wrong answers. Okay, David Wiggins. He's our good buddy. You know that? Yes, good buddy David okay. Wiggins. Uh, I'm going to shorten your question for you here, David. He's basically putting in 
like a countertop inside of a pantry, and he okay. wants to use solid walnut because he's David Wiggins mm -hmm. to do this. Uh, and he's got a question where it's an L shape, and you you have this perpendicular joint. So he's trying to figure out to uh, you know get around mo wood movement problems. Mm -hmm. You know, should he mm -hmm. go with a perpendicular joint where the boards meet like this, okay. or should he run it with one solid piece? So base, or, just, or actually he can well, cut the one piece, yeah. keep the grain running the same way, yeah. and then have a long piece on the other side. His concern oh. with that is end grain. He doesn't want to see end grain on one front edge, but long grain on the other mm -hmm. edge. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's just trying to figure out if he goes with perpendicular, what can he do? Well, think of it like a breadboard, right? If you put those perpendicular, you're going to have to allow for movement, which means the joint between them is never going to be, like if you wanted to put a thick finish over that, that finish would eventually crack because that, that the two pieces are going to move with each other. Um, so I'm going to push you to go in a direction you, didn't, you said you didn't want to go. I think you should do one solid piece. I think it would look really cool if you had this L-shape countertop mm -hmm. in there and it would just look like it came out of one giant slab of material. The yeah. fact that one but part is end grain. a huge piece of wood, right? David, likes th he likes things big. Okay. Yeah, he may just do it in two two pieces though. Yeah. Like the long piece would be one piece. Yeah. Then you grab a, a short cut and slide that in and glue those two together. And it would be a nice continuous surface on the top, no interruption, no wood movement issues. Um, I would do that. And the reason is when you when you think about things, like I've got a desk in my office that has the little green and green cutout. And essentially as I do that cutout, I'm exposing end grain and then it goes to long grain, then back to end grain. But because there's an edge profile that goes along the whole thing, the eye doesn't really care that it's end grain. Sand that end grain a little bit finer so it doesn't get too dark and put a little edge profile across there. I think that would look cool. And it looks natural, right? That's what the wood looks like. Just because it's end grain and that's long grain doesn't really matter because that's the way the tree grows. I think it's okay. I would push you in that direction. <laughs> Somebody just asked a question. Barry doesn't want you to have a snappy answer. Well, Barry, I'm going to put you in the list. You've got a lot of people in front of you, but it's a two-parter. Okay. Uh, a snappy see. answer? A snappy answer. What does that mean? I don't know. I guess maybe the answer you just gave. Like a fast answer no. or like a smart answer? I think the smart, the smart answer. Okay. That's all I know how to give. That's really, yeah, that's what we're dealing that's, with here. That's what, that's what we're dealing with here. Okay, Dan says, uh, oh, he's from Plan D Woodworks. He says, good morning, Spagses. I'm branching out uh, from working off of plans, trying to design my own furniture, apart from duck-duck-going images of similar styles. Do you what? have... What? Duck-duck-what? It's a search engine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you call yourself a techie? No, I, I didn't understand what you were saying. Duck. 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 Go. Go. <laughs> yeah. Camel, camel, camel. <laughs> Isn't it a DuckDuckGo like a... Um, it's DuckDuckGoose. <clears throat> no, DuckDuckGo is a search engine, and if I'm not mistaken, it's one that's like for privacy-conscious people. Yeah, I think it is. Um, anyways, <laughs> he wants to know if I have any recommendations for good books or other resources for developing my design style and aesthetic. I am absolutely not the right person to ask that question to. Oh, well. Because you know how much time I actually spend thinking about my design aesthetic? Mm, none. Zero. Well... He'll usually bring it to me and he goes, what do you think of this? And I go, <laughs> like, uh, if, it, if it happens, it happens, yeah. but I don't really like seek that? it out. Uh, um, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't really have a great recommendation for you. Maybe the chat room can help us yeah. with this one. If anyone knows of good design inspiration type books, um, the one thing I can recommend is Fine Woodworking had a series of furniture books. And um, I think they... I forget what the name is, like Furniture Design or something like that. So they have all these volumes, and then eventually the book became just like a fat magazine 
um, and it was more magazine style, but it's just full of insanely high quality, great work, things that is, you know, as you're trying to think about what you want your design aesthetic to be, you can definitely be influenced by the stuff that you see there. Um, but I think that's kind of a tricky thing. If you're trying to develop your own aesthetic, is looking at everyone else's aesthetic helpful or harmful? Mm. You know what? what I mean? Yeah. You're not even listening to I me. was. I was reading the chat. That's if my job. That's my job here is to, to monitor chat. Yes. If so. you are trying to design, like come up with your own design aesthetic, mm -hmm. you want your own style, mm -hmm. is it better or worse to look at other people's styles and study them mm. if you're trying to come up with your own? I don't Do you know. feel? I feel like there must be a point where you stop looking. And, yeah. and start doing right. and sure, hopefully sure, sure. venture off into yeah, your yeah. own path. Well, and I think, I, th I think one of the <clears throat> best examples I've seen is like when David Marks talks about working with another woodworker and then he gets influence from that woodworker. And so he's worked with so many other woodworkers. It's yeah. helped him. <clears throat> Same way with you. Like all of a sudden you're building modern furniture, you know, the modern table. And it's, you know, you worked with jewelry yeah. and... Sure, but that's just me kind of doing my impression of jewelry. But you got it. What I'm saying is, the more I think you become a better woodworker when you ex you get exposed to other wood. That I can see, yeah, because there's times where I go, okay, I built two pieces that are kind of mid-century modern <laughs> right. in style, and that might then inform a future piece and just kind of influence something I do sure. in the future. Yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a bunch I don't of think I don't think it's I don't think it's bad because you can't live in a vacuum. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you're always influenced by yeah. things, whether you realize it or not. Uh, folks are recommending by hand and eye. I believe that's, um, what's his name, George Walker, is it? Uh, and Jim Tolpin uh, did a book on design. I think it's a Lost Art Press book. Um, that's one to take a look at. But I, I don't know if that's, I haven't read it, so I don't really know. I, yeah. I don't know if it's about more just general good design practice versus, you know, trying to develop a design aesthetic. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I have a, a question here from Jeannie Grassi. Our friend Jeannie is in chat. Jeannie! Have you been using your new Veritas planes? I find it awkward to make small adjustments to the square up the angle of the iron. Do you have any tips? I haven't really had a lot of hands-on time with these genies since I've gotten them. Um, just my projects haven't really called for them much, so I haven't played with them all that much. Um, I mean, I see there's a little bit of wiggle room and they've got some set screws in here so you can kind of limit the travel of the blade. Um, but no, I don't really have any tips just because I would just loosen the thing and kind of nudge it one way or another. I might have more info, info for you when I get some more time and maybe discover the same thing you did, that it's not that easy to do a fine adjustment, but I haven't seen that yet. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get to Nick. Yeah, Nick Silva. He says, Nick. building off of Dan's book-related question, do you have any recommendations for foundational woodworking books that you think do a great job of teaching the finer techniques of the craft? Uh, stuff that's beyond the run-of-the-mill YouTube videos. Thanks. Okay, so first of all, my books, thewoodwhisperguild.com slash store slash books. Yes. Um, I've got a couple of books that actually are very much geared toward beginners, uh, essential joinery and hybrid woodworking. You don't say. I do say. <laughs> I do indeed. I do indeed. Um, <laughs> other books I think you should check out. There is a, a I think it's like a two-part or three-part uh, book collection from Tay Frid is one of the best sort of foundational, almost course level uh, reviews of, of the, the world of woodworking and fine woodworking. That's definitely something to check out. So one of the things that I did on our Amazon store, if you go to amazon.com slash shop slash the wood whisperer, I took a picture of one of Mark's bookshelves. Uh, I need to do more, 
Um, because yeah, they only way more than that. Yeah, because they only let me tag 15 books. Okay. But you can see uh, a lot of the books Mark has on his bookshelf right there. Yep. I know one of the first sets I bought you way back when you were getting into woodworking mm -hmm. was this. The Completed Illustrated Guide to Woodworking yeah. from Taunton Press. And that was one of my other suggestions. Um, pretty much anything in the Taunton Library mm -hmm. is fantastic. Um, it's definitely a go-to resource. Uh, old issues of Fine Woodworking. I only say that because I haven't read Fine Woodworking in a long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there are always people who have, you know, someone's cleaning out a garage and they've got a box of old magazines that you can get for a few bucks. Uh, so old issues of Fine Woodworking are great. And then uh, the works of James Krenov, mm -hmm. um, I find to be pretty inspirational stuff. Yep. Um, that should be enough to keep you busy. Yep. So for a little while. I'll take I'm, I, my plan for the Amazon store is to take more pictures, not only of Mark's bookshelf, but also start taking pictures of the shop. And because I always get the questions like, "What is that?" or "What yeah. is this?" So. Okay, Sean Harrison about to start a sculpted side table. For our nursery, when attaching the four legs to the main center post, I've seen other woodworkers use a tongue and groove with a dado. Is there a reason to not use a sliding dovetail joint here? Uh, maybe wood movement or something that I'm not thinking about. Um, it felt like the sliding dovetail would keep it stronger and make the glue up a little bit easier. Um, I would use a sliding dovetail. I've done this with the, you know, our little, uh, what the heck, the flip top table, tilt top tables. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are uh, done with sliding dovetails. I think they're great. They're, it's, a, it's a better joint than a tongue and groove or a mortise and tendon uh, joint would be for that application. So 100% go to a sliding dovetail. I'm going to pause. Mom, <clears throat> if, you're, if, if you're tired, you don't have to hang out here. <laughs> She's yawning. I'm like, you can go. <clears throat> she works nights, so she's a little... She's, also, she should be in bed. Also, this show sucks. So <laughs> there's that. She were boring my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she doesn't want to hear deep woodworking talk. <laughs> okay, um, I got one more here from okay. Stumptown. Uh, he recently acquired 150 board feet of some really nice 10 foot long, five quarter black walnut. He says, I want to use them for drawer faces on a platform bed. He wants continuous grain as he goes around. My planer is 13 inches, my jointer is eight inches. So at best, we're talking about a planer sled for 10 foot pieces? That doesn't sound fun. In this predict predicament, would you entertain the idea of paying a local lumber yard or wood shop that has a huge wide belt sander uh, planer combo to surface the three boards down to around three quarters to one inch rather than struggle through this? That's certainly an option, um, Stumptown, but I'm going to ask you, have you considered cutting the board? So if you're doing drawer fronts for continuous grain, why do you have to plane the entire board as a whole and then cut it? Why aren't you cutting it? into the small, you know, roughly the same size as your drawer fronts, and then worry about doing your planer sled with those. Mm -hmm. I don't see why you're maintaining the 10 foot length to the last minute. Um, normally, sure, if that's what you, if you have the ability to do it easily, uh, do that, and then you could be very careful about how you make your cuts so the grain is as continuous as possible. But I think you could still get away with that. Just cut the boards, number them, mark them, keep them in order, and then start doing the planer sled on each individual piece. Keep them in order, I think you'll be fine. I, and I don't think you need to go somewhere else to get that done. Just do it with the planer sled. We have one more Patreon question that <coughs> is not on your list. Robert Randall. Did oh, you came, Robert? In, came in late. Well, it's not too late. Um, no, I mean later in. Later than you checked yes. it. 
Uh, early in my woodworking journey, I built my wife my wife's closet. I'm now getting ready to build mine. Hmm. When I did hers, I didn't use the best materials or techniques. Now I have to decide between making it to match or redoing the first one. Just curious if you've ever had a situa situation like this and what you would do. I would make mine look way better than hers, and I would leave hers alone <laughs> as a lesson to her. What? That <laughs> you got better over time? Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I would I would redo it. I, I I would probably This is in their home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would absolutely But I would do yours first, let her see it and then say because she may not want you to do redo it. Yeah. She might be content with hers. Well, I think he's going to do his no matter what. Right. So do yours first, let her see it and then say, "Would you like me to redo yours?" Yeah. That's what I would do. But man, that would be so low on the priority list. I know. You know what I mean? Like I it's know. probably it's probably just fine. Yeah. It's probably very functional. She's probably very happy with it yeah. until she sees yours and yeah. she's like, "What the heck now?" Well, it's kind of there's been a few times <laughs> where you'll do something and you're like, you should, "I'm like, oh, it's all right. I don't I don't need that." Or you know. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what this project looks like. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's just small things that you can do and not completely redo the whole thing. Uh, just give it a little facelift so that they look consistent. Hey, I... But I, I would say definitely do your best. Ultimately, you want it to be the best it can. I don't know if you guys are going to be there forever, but if you ever sell the home, you're going to want yeah. them to look good and look the, as good as they can, so... I didn't listen to you <laughs> earlier. Did you... Oh, what a surprise. Did you, <laughs> did you answer Mark and Nicole's question? I just wanted to, this one, this is about Osmo Pollux. Yeah, I thought I had, did I skip it? I don't know, but I don't, I, I thought it was crazy that there's, oh. an, there's another couple out there named Mark and Nicole, exactly <clears throat> like. I skipped a couple of questions. I, sometimes I just go too fast here. So Mark and Nicole Chapelsky. Mm-hmm. I like your names. And he spells it with a C. C. And spells Nicole I know, the same way. without that's, an H. It's super weird. I know. <clears throat> it's like someone's playing tricks on us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Mark and Nicole say, I found Osmo Pollux and Top Oil <clears throat> excuse me, to leave a super smooth finish, but how do you like it on your workbench? Do you prep the surface or apply the oil any differently uh, to give the bench top maybe a little bit more grip than you would for a piece of furniture? I got to say, I don't really like the Osmo on top of the workbench. It's, it's smooth and it's fine. It repels glue and things like that. But what I found with it is because it's got so much wax in it, uh, when we sand on it, if I put a board directly on there and we sand, you get kind of a white powdery stuff on, on the underside um, just from the friction. So I might not use it again on my workbench is what that comes down to. Hmm. Now this is fine if you're, you, it's a piece of furniture because you're not usually taking a random orbit sander and on top of um, you know, your dining table. At least I don't. Um, so I think it's still good for furniture, but for the application on a workbench, I don't know that that's going to be my go-to. Maybe I'll try Rubio next time. But, you know, these are pretty expensive finishes for a workbench. So maybe I'll just use boiled linseed oil and call it done. Uh, I think I missed another one here. Oh, funny. Worth effort said jury, critical role, and a wood whisper all going live at once. Oh, <laughs> Who's listening to listening while turning? Hmm. Uh, live. <clears throat> That's cool. We're in good company. <laughs> we are in good company. Okay, uh, and it was a second question actually from Joe Clemmer. He wants oh, to know, yeah. attaching face frames, um, what's your go-to method? Just glue, glue and pins, dominoes, splines. I don't really have a go-to method because I don't do that very often. So when I do it, I kind of go, hmm, I could do this, I could do that. Which do I, it usually comes down to what method do I want to show. Um, 
typically the easiest thing is just you know put that face frame together, uh, throw some glue on there, and tack some brads and be done. Um, if you want something that's a little bit stronger and certainly you know would last longer and stand up to a lot more abuse, um, if you could domino or biscuit, just get some kind of joinery between the frame and the case, that's even better. Um, but it does take a little bit more planning to do that. So I would say that would be my preferred method. If I was trying to make it as good as I possibly could, I'd probably use some kind of joinery. We got a nice super chat from Ian, the barefoot woodworker. <coughs> oh, nice. Watch out for the nails. <laughs> he says, love your work, guys. Keep oh, I thought up. that was his comment. No. Like, what does he mean? Now I, it's your joke. <laughs> it's my joke. Watch out for the nails. Ba -ba. There's no nails in the shop, Nicole. There are nails in your shop. I've seen them. No. They exist. So there's, maybe there's Brad nails. I'll give you that much. We do have plenty of screws. There are sharp things on the floor. <laughs> uh, and I think I am out of questions. Are you out? Are you complete? Are you 100% sure? Mm, yes. Okay. Because I have the, the, the chat room is on fire today. On fire! I've been grabbing questions since the beginning. Well, I'm going to pull up my pants and get ready. Get ready. Let's do this. Let's do it. Uh, Kevin Hahn, question while filling and stabilizing knots in walnut, do you use a hot air gun? or torch to manage air bubbles and find that you have to fill and then refill the most larger knots or only fill once? I used to not have that problem. Not. Didn't. didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually do use the heat gun nowadays, especially if it's a big knot. Like the bigger it is, the more likely it is that I'm gonna use some heat. <clears throat> excuse me, the heat <laughs> makes the epoxy really loose and it helps drive it down deep and it prevents you from having to do that second fill because a lot of the time you do that first fill, you go, okay, it looks pretty good. I'm going to walk away, go get some lunch. You come back and you find that it's seeped in further than you thought. Now you got to do a second one. So I, I like to heat it up I, and you may have to sit there and watch it for 10 minutes mm -hmm. um, and keep adding more until it stops taking it. Um, and you get all the air bubbles out, you get a nice clean fill, you get it all done in one shot. Question here from Scott Harmon. Uh, question about boil linseed oil. I've read that linseed oil is a great medium for feeding uh, mold and yeah. not good for outdoor furniture. <clears throat> I was wondering if boil linseed oil had the same problem. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I'm pretty sure it does suffer from the same thing. Um, you know, so if you get just the standard can so of boiled. So linseed and boiled linseed. Yeah, and boiled linseed oil is just one that's had like chemical dryers added to it. Yeah. So I think whatever is food for those things to grow, I don't know that those are discouraged by the drying um, agents. So I would say, yeah, the same rules would apply, but you may want to research just a little bit more because I'm just making an educated guess mm -hmm. on that one. Nick Gutterman <clears throat> says, have you ever used a putty knife and made mm -hmm. it into a mm -hmm. card scraper. <laughs> no. <clears throat> I don't know why that just caught me off guard. Um, Spit take. No. That's an interesting idea, though. Mm. Like, you have a little one-and-a-half-inch card scraper that just kind of... I don't know. Try it. Let me know how it works out. Uh, question here from Glenn. Uh, when using clamps on glue-ups, how long? Rule of thumb for the different applications. The I'm just I'm guessing you're just asking about clamping like, time? Maybe, yeah. I'm guessing. Well, for different applications, I mean, anything that's got a high probability of coming apart, you want to keep it in the clamps mm -hmm. longer. If you're just doing like a standard mortise and tenon joint, after about 15, 20 minutes, it's probably going to hold itself in place. Yeah, we usually keep the clamps on for an hour just to be absolutely certain about it. Because doesn't the glue itself kind of give you 
drying time recommendations. Yeah, every glue has a different, you know, And it depends on your environment and all There's that. a lot of variables to yeah. it. Um, if you do take something out of the clamps within an hour, you really don't want to mess with it too much, you know, because mm -hmm. you could stress it a little bit. And again, you know, here in Denver or in Arizona where it was not only dry but hot, I mean, I could put things in clamps for five minutes and then would not be able to get it apart. Right. It did not take long at all. How did you determine for your steam bending, how long, because you left that in the house for a while. Right? Uh, that was well, like, that's, that's what the whole process of yeah. the steaming was about, is trying to figure out how long we, yeah. we needed to do. And great segue, Nicole, because I forgot to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> yeah, this is just, uh, this is an example of what I've been doing. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen some of the examples of the bent lamination. Ooh, that does or, not look good. Hey, hey, hey. Oh. Don't ruin the ending. Oh, sorry. You spoiled it. <laughs> Uh, we were trying to bend some kiln-dried white oak, um, had some immediate failure with that, yeah. and decided to try air-dried white oak, and that worked better. But we wanted to kind of continue you with it. You should probably think, who gave you the air-dried? <clears throat> yes. Last, yes. Uh, what's his name? Chris? Chris. Urban? Oh, shoot. What's his I'll, Instagram? I'll, I'll look his Instagram up, because... He, yeah, so there's a local guy your, who he saved your, your saved bacon. my bacon, saved your bacon, and gave me a nice uh, air dried slab of white oak, and we successfully made our little uh, runners for a sled that we're building. Um, Watch we, out! We had tons of fun with these, just experimenting with what you can do with the kiln dried, and um, I'll have conclusions in the video as I kind of experimented with this. But on the kiln dried, I got a lot of checking. And I think this is mostly the result of the soak that I did. So a lot of people say, kiln dried, if you want to steam bend it, uh, go ahead and give it a long soak. And it's, it may not be the best thing to <clears throat> so do. So Chris is the Urban Woodworks on Instagram. There you go. He is a uh, local urban lumber producer and furniture maker. He's in Longmont. Yeah. So if you're in Colorado and you're looking for some locally sourced lumber, check out his Instagram. He, his shop uh, was fantastic just wall-to-wall -wall, beautiful slabs all locally sourced. I'm gonna put really his Instagram in the chat so you can because all he posts is just beautiful shots of wood yeah <laughs> so. <clears throat> so hey as I was learning all of the steam bending stuff I was you know watching a video here and there um, reading some articles but I say this all the time like YouTube is great yeah but sometimes you need a book a book a book it just gives you the answer you need with no BS and no ads <laughs> and none of the crap that we usually have to throw at you to do this. Um, I want to show you the book. That, you can be on the toilet. That's right. Well, you can do that it. on YouTube, too. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's probably how most people watch our show. Uh, so there this... Pro there's probably at least one person on the toilet right now. I'm sure there is. More than one. <laughs> can be two right now. Can be two. There's uh, 423 people watching. Guaranteed the statistics are in our favor. That somebody's pooping. Right at this moment. Bloop. Okay. So, I looked on my bookshelf and I was like, oh, I remember this book. Woodbending Made Simple by Lon Schleining. I guess that's how you pronounce that. Uh, this book covers, you know, not just steam bending, but also he's got two other things in there. Um, uh, bent lamination and then some other hot blanket, mm -hmm. something or other method. Um, but I opened this book and I started reading it and it just, there's, there's, Facts. It just feels like facts, you yeah. know? Not like, oh, this guy says do this, and it, and it completely conflicts with what this other person said. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend, if you wanna get into bending, that this is a good place to start. It's a really good introduction. Um, you're not gonna 
everything I've found in there with my experiments yeah. that I've done, I've found it to be true yeah. so far. And I put a link to the book uh, from our Amazon. It's also in Friday Live as well. Yeah. The category at Amazon.com slash shop slash the so, Whisper. That's a good one. Uh, Jack uh, Dalby said, got just li- a couple minutes. Okay, with liquid fabric softener in the soak, the pre-soak, help with the steam bending, which you did. That's what we did. Everything smelled like uh, snuggle. It was yeah. wonderful. While it, while it did make the shop smell great. I don't know. I don't know how much that helped because we did not get a successful bend without checking and problems. And we did a one-day soak. We had three-day soak. We had some that we did yesterday that were the day before that were like a week soak just because we just got busy with other things. Mm -hmm. And we could not get the kiln dried to bend dependably without cracking and without this all this like surface checking. Let me show you what this looks like. And this was with. Um, fabric softener in there so and look this is the bend right but look over here this is the straightaway there was no stress on this at all and it was just the fact that it was completely waterlogged and then dried after that point and the wood just did not enjoy that process at all so if I were you know I don't want to become like a steam bender guy yeah like if I need it we'll use it at some point are I just wanted show, to are you gonna show the nope no, no, I just okay. wanted to learn about the process um, so I had a little bit of like experience to add to this, but at this point, number one, I'm going to do my best to not use kiln dried. And if I do use kiln dried, I don't know that I'm going to do the soak because so far every single one, the soaking caused a problem, even a problem aside from the bending stress, right? So I don't think I'm going to do that in the future. All right. <clears throat> so I think this is the show. That is the we show. We will pick our winner now from the 11 questions that we had from the Patreon. So, oh, by uh, the way, yeah, James is letting us know he is indeed taking a coffee poop right now. <laughs> I bet there's been a few people that have said. <laughs> All right, number seven. Let me check who my number seven is. Number One, seven. two, three, four, five, six, seven. Matt Robert Robertson. Uh, he has a sh- he has a question for the after show, but okay. he's part of the he's part of the oh excellent. So Matt, I'm going to send you a quick little message on Patreon. Uh, you get a, a free guild free project, project thewoodwhisperguild.com. So. Yep. All right. So thank you everybody for watching. If you want to support the show, you can. That's Patreon.com/slash/woodwhisper. We have some amazing rewards. now. Really fun stuff. Now we're sending. I guess we're sending videos to yeah. people. That's a thing. Yeah. A few of you have already gotten little super weird. thank you videos. <laughs> yeah. uh, but seriously, we really appreciate the support. Thank you so much, everybody. And we will catch you next week. And again, $2 patrons, $2 and higher patrons, stick around for the after show, which will start in about a minute. Yes. And, and, and oh, I said I was going to post the link. Yes. <laughs> I, I said that. Uh, you know what I forgot to do? What? I was supposed to set up GarageBand to record the audio. Oh, no. Too many things on my mind. Oh, we just got so much on our mind. Don't don't close it just yet. Let me let me uh, do something. You didn't stop it, did you? No. Okay. I'm waiting. I'm, what are you doing? I'm posting a link for the after show. Oh, in the chat room. Yeah. I'm with you. Here we go. There's the chat. There's the link. This is professional stalling Ian, at its best. The, bare, the barefooted woodworker said we missed his question next time, maybe. Oh, at the, oh, I didn't see a question because hmm. he did the super chat. He just said, love your work, guys. Keep it up. Oh, sorry, Ian. He might have put a question in the regular chat yeah. that we missed, which is very likely. Yes, it goes by pretty If you don't fast. put it in with your um, 
what is it called, super chat? Yeah. Then it's then we have to try to find the question in the main chat room, which is really really tricky. Yeah, I Anyways. don't see it. I'm sorry. <clears throat> when I is the audio available? Usually, pretty much right after the show. Oh, Ian just said, "How can you take out the slop of the adjustment knob on the old hand plane?" Uh, buy a new hand plane. Really? Honestly, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Like the slop is is a a factor of the screw and the threads, and I don't know if there's a way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe Shannon would know. <clears throat> People who use hand planes might be able to give you a better answer than me. Yeah. But typically, if there's slop, it's part of the design and how the threads are working. I don't know that you can take the slop out on something like that. But ask, I'm sorry, ask somebody who knows um, a little bit more about especially restoration of hand planes. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, link is in uh, the, the chat for the after show, mm-hmm. and we will wrap this up. Yay. All right, Bye. thanks, everybody. See you.